0: A coach is hired not to be popular. A coach is hired to win games, to get his player, all his players, to play better, to improve. That's why he's hired. How he does it, I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Just win, (laughs) because if you don't, you'll lose your job and nobody will like you. But if you do, you're gonna have people that's gonna like you.
1: When I stepped on the ice, I never backed down and I never stayed down. And I was <laughs> vicious and I was malicious and I don't care. <laughs>
0: I'm alive. He's a freaking madman. Look at him going I'm to town. That'll be a suspension, that'll be a fine. Uh,
1: Today on Raw Knuckles uh, Podcast with Tim Stapleton and uh, Knuckles Island, we have uh, my favorite all-time coach, Mr. Jacques Lemaire, uh, Stanley Cup winner with the Devils as a head coach, and he won eight Stanley Cups as a player in 12 seasons with the Canadians. Uh, Welcome to the show, Jacques, my favorite coach ever. Great to see you, and welcome to the Raw Knuckles Podcast my favorite coach ever. You know that. Um, we'll get more into that as we go. I want to introduce you to my partner here on the podcast, uh, Tim Stake. His favorite me. favorite partner. You could.
2: I'm your favorite partner, right? You got your favorite yeah. coach and your favorite partner.
1: Yeah, my favorite <laughs> partner. <great>. My <laughs> only one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's an honor to have you, Jack. I obviously grew up, uh, I don't know, I'm still a little upset about the 95 finals. I was a big Red Wings fan growing up.
3: Oh,
0: I'm um, happy
3: yeah, and you were!
2: <laughs> no, but it, then also, you know, obviously, I know about um, your journey and, and some of the success you had. And I was, I was just telling Nux, I was reading the Stanley Cups. He's eight cups as a player, one as a coach. And I was like, Nux, I haven't even played a fucking playoff game. And so, I just, <laughs> so anything I say, don't be afraid that it's all irrelevant. But I'm, I'm happy to be on here and have you. So thank you. Uh,
0: thank you. It's, it's my good pleasure. Stuff.
1: All right, uh, Jacques, uh, I want to start. I want to go back to that day in Boston when I met you. Now, I was obviously growing up as a a Bruins fan, like huge Bruins fan. I hated the Montreal Canadiens. And I actually just, I hated the Canadiens and I disliked their players. And you were one of them because you always killed uh, my team, the Boston Bruins, not only in the regular season, but in the playoffs. How how the
0: hell can you play for them?
1: uh well, well, when you get traded you kind of have to go where yeah. they send you and that's okay. what I did. but I'll never forget that day it was uh 197980. I was um no it was 78 79 sorry playoffs and I was drafted by the Montreal Canadians. We went to your morning practice. And watch the Bruins practice, and we watch you guys. And then afterwards, uh, I'm with my f- friend Franny Flaherty in a big Lincoln Continental. And Lincoln Mach 5, big white, uh, big canoe it was. And we pulled up. We saw you, Guy Lafleur, and Gilles Lupien on the corner waiting for a cab. And we pull over and say, hey, you guys want to ride? They kind of looked at us like, we sure we want to get in with these two? They look like they could rob us maybe. But I remember I was all proud because here I am, Montreal, I'm drafted by the Canadians. And I, you guys get in and I go, hey, you know, we've started talking a little bit. We're going to give you a ride to the Hyatt Regency in Cambridge. And I said, um, I'm going to play with you guys next year up there. And you guys, uh, you said to me, um, oh, yeah, how are you going to do that? And I said, well, <laughs> I was drafted by you guys. I play here at Northeastern University. And I was drafted by the Canadians last year. And you said, uh, what round were you drafted? And I said, the 17th. And the three is started laughing right in my face. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. I, I had no concept of, it, it didn't matter to me uh, if it was the first round or
0: the 17th round. I was drafted.
1: I was so happy. Yeah. You remember that day, right?
0: Sure. You know what, uh, uh, that day was uh, special in a way because uh, you, you meet a lot of people. Uh, you know, when you play hockey. And you, you, he was not the first that say, I'm going to play for Montreal Canadian. But this guy said, I'm going to play for Montreal next year. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was special. And uh, uh, that was my last year. I went to Europe, and when I came back, I went to see the boys uh, two years after. I went to see the boys at the... Uh, in the dressing room. And uh yeah. who comes behind me? I look at him and he says, I told you that I was going to play for Montreal. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's amazing because if like if that was me and you guys
2: were the moment you guys laughed, I would have just got it I would have my career would have been over. <laughs> you would have quit.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would have quit. No, but it's you know, it's just to tell you how, what type of person Chris was. When he had something on his mind, he went for it and, you know, it's all credit to him. And he's been like that as a, as a player, a little tougher to handle at different times. But, uh, you know, he, he was fairly good because I, I remember at, at certain time asking him to do certain things. And most of them, I, I had success, uh, uh, making making him do certain things that I want. The one that I never had success is to fight. I said, Chris, you, you got to stop fighting a little bit. And uh, I don't know, he was in the 400 minutes, three <laughs> something, high, <laughs> high threes and... And the year after, when I start to ask him to stay on the ice, not to fight, he had more more fights. So <laughs> yeah. th- that's one thing I never could... Uh, well, it's
1: you know. funny you say that. And, and And this podcast here we're doing today is more about you than me, so... And we'll we'll get to me, Well, we'll start with you.
0: Yeah, he's (laughs) He's already told me everything, Jack. Because I'm going to get
1: to you. And (laughs) I want to get to you, certainly, as a player. Now, God, when I looked at your career and I look back on it, eight Stanley Cups in 12 years, and, you know, I went over and I, I, I did a little research on some of the guys you played with and obviously Dryden, Big Surge, Larry, Bob Ganey. And, and your teammates had a, just so much respect for you as a player. Larry said, you're the most underrated center iceman to ever play the game. Bob Ganey said, the top of the list for people that you would want on your team. You started as a winger. Scotty Bowman said that, man, when I looked at this guy, he could play both ends of the rink. I think that's one of the things a lot of people didn't understand about Jacques Lemaire. They look at your numbers, but you were so responsible defensively. Now, how'd that come about? You understanding at a young age that that part of the game is so important. Everybody wants to score goals. They want to be the hero. They want to be the goal scorer. But you seem to have picked that up at a young age. Uh,
0: You know, I I never thought I'd pick that up. I just came... With the way I was playing, we were playing, uh, I remember when at young age, 10 years old, playing outside, right uh, not far from where I lived. And in the weekends, Saturday, Sunday, there must have been 50 guys playing on each side. And it was pass the puck, receive it pass the puck, receive it. It was like that all the time. And I I always played like that. I wanted to pass the puck and move in the open to get it. And maybe the game, uh, the defensive game came with that. Part of it, I know. The rest is the organization. How, well, you, you know how we talk between... I'd never been there when you were there in the uh, dressing room. But the players in our time, we never talk about scoring goals because we knew we would score enough goals to win. We just wanted the other team to get a lower number. Let's keep them to two goals. We're going to win the game. And it was always, it, it was all the guys do the job defensively. That's what we were uh, talking about. And, you know, you look at all the years, uh, even today. You look at the games. When you get in the playoffs, when teams get in the playoffs, everyone bear, bears down defensively. You know, during the season, you, you're going to get uh, a six, seven, eight goals in, in a game. Uh, guys are going for goals. But when playoff starts, that's when it, it counts the, the goals against. So, you know, when uh, you know there, there's a lot of things to say about this. I, I remember when I was coaching uh, and uh, teams, uh, the Oilers had the, the top guys and, you know, all the big crew there to score goals. Uh, we, we didn't have that. If we wanted to outscore them, you know what? There's no way. There's no way. So our philosophy was more a a defensive game so we know what we do when we don't have the puck. And when we have it, we go. And uh, I know I've been uh, a lot criticized uh, with that, but, hey, I still look at the guys today. They do the same shit. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, i know it's funny no it's funny t- <laughs> you say that because like right? it's
0: like the game the game's
2: kind of it's like they've tried to you know more goals less fighting but when it comes playoffs they, what do they go back to they go back to those old styles like the teams that have you know the guys that shine are the guys that are going to be finishing their hits and like obviously like you said you bear down on defense so it's kind of it's kind of interesting what you just said there and about that's the why he's trying to get
0: that's know. why it's get it gets tougher for the top players You know, you you get guys like Matthews, you know, that type of player, uh, Crosby and all the rest there. By playing tight defensively, by playing well without the puck, you will reduce their their performance, how they will perform in a game. But if it's wide open, these guys are so good. If you give them more room, definitely these guys will fill the net. But uh, that—that's a reason too. The teams, coaches, the you know defensive game, the playing without the puck. Uh, how important it is today. It always been. So it—it's it, it,
1: funny the road you took. Now you retired the year I came in, and um, you went over to Switzerland and played there, play a coach. Now that year you retired. It's funny. I, I read the thing you said. You always wanted to do something a little crazy because you never had, and you retire. You 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 turn a contract down here in Montreal. You go over there. You came back, coached at Plattsburgh State, right, um, and then um, you coached in junior. Now you 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 seem like to me that you had this plan when you retired to kind of figure out how they play in Europe, how they play in college, and what they're playing in junior right now. So you could kind of get that connection with all d- different types of players. And then you come to Montreal as a, a assistant to, to Big Surge, right? Yeah. And, and, and how did the coaching thing start? Because I, I thought if anywhere you would start is with the Canadians as a coach, and that didn't happen. You started in management, upper management.
0: Yeah, well, you know, going back to when I uh, when I left Montreal to go to Switzerland, I, I, like you said, I, I thought it was uh, a little crazy from my part in a way, but I was getting more money over there playing uh what, 38 games, 28 games, one year, 38 the next year, <laughs> uh, instead of 110. Uh, and, you know, I thought it, was, it would be great for uh, the family and all that. And then I didn't plan the, the coaching part. All my life, I just okay. go year after year, see what's open, and if it suits me, and the family it's fine otherwise i just keep going and it's funny because when i go through all my career every time that i see that i was i had enough of one thing something else came in and it was like that for 50 years that's how it was and um, when i start to come back to the uh, coaching um I didn't. I didn't really want to coach in Montreal. I. I, I wanted to be an assistant. We had so much uh, success in Longueuil that Montreal came to me, Serge, and uh, Ronald Corey, and asked me to be part of Canadian. And I told. I asked Serge uh, what capacity, uh, what exactly you it, want it, me to do. Well, he said, "If you want to coach, no, no, no." I said, I don't want to coach. There's enough coach in Montreal. There's yeah. enough coaches in Montreal. I don't want to coach. They're in the, media. I said, they're I said, in the media
1: and they're in the stands. They're, yeah. they're
0: everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So I said, well, if you... if you, uh, I think I could, I can do something for the players. I can help the the players to, to get better. So I said... Uh, if you want me as a, an assistant, it uh, would be fine. So um, here we go. He said, yeah, you'll be assistant to to Bob. And uh, I go on, and uh, during the season, uh, as you well know, team was not doing well at all. They haven't made the playoff for a few years. Uh, I didn't check it out, but uh, it, it, was, it was tough for Montreal. And then... Uh, Serge was asking me uh, every t- two weeks, sometime twice a week, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to uh, come and coach. He said, "You you would be the perfect type. You know the players, all that." He says Serge, uh, "This is not what I I signed for. Um, I'm I love what I'm doing because I think, uh, you know, I can get with the players and get them better and so on." But One day he calls me and uh, we go to a hotel uh, in uh, downtown Montreal. So I was at, I left, uh, I don't know, 7 o'clock in the morning and he he called a meeting with me. I said, what, 7 o'clock meeting? I said, it has got to be something wrong. But, you know, I just went with the flow. I got the hotel. Serge is sitting there with Andre Boudreaux. And uh, I looked at their face when I got in. They were having coffee. So I looked at their face. I said, holy cow, something is going wrong here. But I never thought that I was involved in that. their decisions. So uh, I went on and said, and Boudreaux talked to me first. Uh, How you doing? Okay, and then Serge, he he doesn't say a word, and all of a sudden, Serge says, "You're coaching tonight." I said, "What?" And he said, "Yeah, you're coaching tonight." And you know, I was I was shocked when he told
1: me how'd that. that make, yeah, how'd that make you feel? Were you pissed? you were shocked.
0: No. But were you pissed off? No. No, I. I always had uh, uh, Serge was a special guide to me. I yeah. Always had so much confidence in this guy. Everything he he could say I would buy it because yeah. he has a good head, and you know he he knew a lot of stuff. he didn't. He didn't had to study it all the time. It's just life that he was aware of, and he was a, a you know, a great person to be around uh, when it comes to business and and what to do in the game, and he always had the answer. So yep. when he said that, we, you know, I was shocked, like uh, like I told you, and then. I start to, to think right away, because I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for this guy, because I believe in him. So yeah. I go on and go home. I said, what the hell i am going to tell the players tonight? You know, a change of coaches. Every time I went to another team, your first uh, speech is so important and uh, I thought about that uh, I had no sleep in the afternoon I thought about that all the time so uh, I don't remember what I told the guys but uh, what I, I remember what it bothered me is how I'm going to address the players so they believe in me without changing a lot of stuff right now so uh, that's how I started and uh, you know I, I I always will uh, thank uh, Serge to put me in that spot Uh, because, you know, I had a career that uh, I loved. It was fun, Uh, you know, I always say having fun with good people around you and getting paid, you can't ask for better.
2: How wait? I got a quick question. How was Switzerland? Like I played in Switzerland, and it's like we played the game on rollerblades. Like there was no defense. So like when you went, when you went, over, when you went over there, what was the game like? Did you have like a panic attack when you? I mean, or was there defense back then? Oh boy, panic attack.
0: <laughs> yeah. Was, no, I was Listen, listen. There, I'm. I can talk about oh, Switzerland. I can talk for, for days. <laughs> but I'm just gonna give you some of the stuff that uh, you know that was different but I, I I loved it I just loved it my first day one of the things my first practice I go see the guys I get in the room I get uh, I get there getting dressed have a they're French but they and, and, uh, and, uh, not Russian, but, uh, uh, German, g- some speaks German, and, uh, most of them, they they were French. I had guys from, uh, uh, 16 to, uh, 34 years old. Uh, they were working, most of them were working g- during the day and come for practice at night. And, um, I get there, get dressed, do the practice, had a little little toughness with the, uh, the uh, language because uh, I was, we didn't, uh, a sweater for uh, the Canadian uh, will say Shandai, but then they say pearl as an example, and when you say Shandai, they have no clue what it means and it takes time before they they get it you got to stop and ask them what's wrong with with the the word and so on but anyway I I go there after I get I get a shower and then I asked the trainer you got a towel we don't have towels and then I said uh he said you got to bring your own towel okay and before when I got dressed the underwear they had no underwear so I had to keep my own underwear to uh, uh, you know under my equipment and I start to think at at a time I said holy cow all what we had in Montreal for I'm coming here for this and it's it's full of stuff like that that you know, I realized I was laughing, I was smiling, and saying, I love it, because, you know, I, I had the chance at 32 years old to play outside in the snow, snowing, and the game was going on, and I felt like I was 14 years old at, at that point, and uh, uh, once it was, uh, I rain and we played, it was windy. When you got the puck, you were going against the wind and this way it goes well, but not against the wind. Yeah. So, you know, there's so many stuff like that, that uh, I remember and, uh, you know, I was like thinking all the, the kids, the things that I was doing as a kid and uh i just loved it
1: yeah no you
0: explained that well sorry Nux, real quick because yeah, that's, that's okay
2: my most of my career was over you know i did the whole towel that's towel story that happened to me like five times on five <laughs> different teams but i uh a lot of yeah now that i look back and you just reminded me of like how how lucky i was to do all that so i appreciate you sharing that and that's hilarious actually
1: Go ahead, Nux. sorry. Yeah, you know, that uh, just awesome stuff. And, you know, when thinking of the trajectory of your career and, you know, our story together, uh, it was so important to me because, you know, you talked about telling me at the beginning how, hey, Chris, you've got to slow down, you fight too much. And I almost didn't trust you because I'm like, no, there's no, no coach would ever say that to a player. Right, because they don't. If anything, they want not you to in fight more. <laughs>
0: yeah, not in those days. Yeah,
1: those days it's like fucking fight more. We need, and then that, actually that's what happened with me and uh, uh, my the coach after you, and, and my eventual departure from Montreal. But you know, you took an interest in me, and it was awesome because, and Tim, you'd love this. Like I, I, I remember Jacques came to me one day and he said, "Listen." Um, Why I we did all puck drills. When we warmed up before practice, you're always carrying a puck. We do the weaving, you know, pass the puck, follow your pass. We do a two-man weave, a three-man weave. And then we do a three-man diamond and warm up. And it was all puck stuff, right? And I remember some guys would be like, oh, you know, shake But it was making you a a better player. And this is how it's funny. I remember Jacques said to me, he, he said, how long do you think you have the puck on your stick in the game? And I'm like, you know, I'm not thinking, right? I go, oh, I don't <laughs> know, like, two minutes, two minutes. You're like, what's right? a puck? It's two minutes. <laughs> I said, fucking two minutes. <laughs> and, and, and he said, what? well, you, you're not Gretzky, he said. So I, I went, okay, oh let me think. He said, no, it's more like maybe eight to 10 seconds, if you're lucky. So when you have it on your stick in the game, you have to do something good with it. And man, it hit me like a ton of bricks. One, I thought I had to puck on my stick more than 10 <laughs> seconds. And two, you better do something good with it. And then it made sense to me. And then he he took and he took me down around the net and You know, forehand, backhand, up top. Forehand, backhand, up top. He said to me, here's the deal. you got to practice this every day because it's going to make you a better player. This is where you're going to get your scoring chances from, right in front of the goalie. You're going to have to put the puck over him. And then he would take me in the center ice face-off circle and put the puck to an area, and I'd have to react to it and pass it back to him. Forehand, backhand. It was all foot movement stuff. So he worked on these things to improve me as a player that I could apply in the game. The first guy to ever do it with me. I did have a coach before you that helped me, and you know who I'm talking about, Piton, Claude Ruel, who worked on, on a, yeah, all the fundamentals good. with me. He yeah. was unbelievable. But you, you, you know, showed me the purpose, and then I was able to apply it in the game. And that, I believe me, I'm forever grateful for that. Um, The one thing I'm not grateful for that you did, you (laughs) son of a bitch, um, no, I'm teasing, um, was in Boston. We had an afternoon game, and my new roommate, Perry Turnbull, who just came to the team, um, you said we have a 9 o'clock brunch, afternoon game, you have a brunch at 9. So, Perry ordered some coffee. I'm not going to blame it on Perry, but I'm going to blame it on him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, he ordered breakfast, some toast, and some coffee. So I had a coffee with him, and we got down the room about 9.20. And you were standing there, and you said, uh, what time uh, did I say the breakfast was? I said, nine o'clock. And you said, well, it's 9.20. Uh, you're late, and uh, tonight... You're not going to play. And you had just taken over. And I was like, "Why? I'm in Boston? I'm not going to play in Boston? This, you're going to bench me? And sure enough, I remember we went. Perry Turnbull said, Knox, I'm going in the warm-up tonight. And I'm going to show the coach I want to play. And I said, oh, yeah? Well, you can go in the warm-up. <laughs> I'm not going in because... He, he's gonna come and say, Take your shit off, you're not playing. And I'm not gonna he already told me. So do you remember that? <laughs>
0: that story and how important that was for you and the team? That story I I I told a lot of people that story. You know when you start it's it's coaches that they have to make decisions on the spot, sort of. And decision that can affect the team or be uh, beneficiary. Yeah, beneficial. Beneficial to to the team. And um, I had quite a few in my career, these decisions. And, um, you know, I like to take uh, time out (laughs) before I make them. Yeah. Especially uh, yours, you know that that team. When I come in, when I came in, uh, there was not a lot of discipline on that team. Guys, they come in the time they want this and that. Bus leaves, uh, a guy, two guys late, uh, and me, I, I just can't accept that. So. Discipline was number one priority when I, when I coach. And when you, you, you were late for that, uh, that meal, I, I said, we, we can't go like that. Having guys late, other guys are there. And I was asking the guys, you seen uh, Turnbull Island? uh in the room Did they came here before and eat? No. Okay, fine. And waiting, waiting, and that was going in here. And then I I had to take that decision. And, you know, take a decision not to play your toughest guy in a place that you need tough guys to play the game. I said... Maybe the guys will kill me, <laughs> you know. The other guys won't accept it that this guy's not in the lineup. And I said I gotta do it. And the guys went on, and we i, I thought we played a hell of a game. And I—I I think it was good for the uh, team, good for you, and because uh, the the team gelled better after. Big decisions when they're they're the right decisions. I, I find that out. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter which uh, decision you'll make, but if it's a good one, that your team will gel better. So, uh, well, we
1: certainly did, um, and you know, I think you caught everybody's attention with that. I'll never forget that game. I went to the Brass Rail, which is the bar right there in the Boston Garden. With my friends and my brother, and I drank the whole game and watched it on TV, hoping you hoping you would lose. I'm there, your son son of a bitch. And I remember I got on the plane to go back to Montreal, and you know I had a few drinks, and you were sitting there with Serge in the front of the plane in first class, and Big Serge he would you, he was laughing when he saw me. He laughed at me, and I oh I wanted to punch him right in the mouth, but I just went. In the back and took my seat, but you know when I look at it, it was the right decision and it was a great decision for you to catch the attention of every player on that team. And I didn't accept it right away because yeah, obviously sure, I wasn't happy, but I really you're a fighter. You're
0: yeah. a fighter. It, you won't it accept was such it. Such an
1: awesome shocker. He didn't agree. Nux didn't agree with it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I. I I certainly understood it afterwards, but yeah. So, and I say that we look that year we came fourth in the Adams Division, Tim, and we went to the Conference Finals that year against the Islanders. Well, I was just gonna say, like, there's so
2: much. Right? I respect that story so much because there is, like, hearing you guys talk about. It, there's so much you can take out of that, and I think, like, I played for Mike Keenan in Russia, and I know, like, he tried to, you know uh and I was probably the only one that understood what he was saying on the team but <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh he he did that I got traded to him and he kind of did that and I knew all about him obviously and what his whole thing was but you know he tried to embarrass me like to do you know make me not feel comfortable and I, I mean right away it helped me like kind of like just join the guys right like no one liked him and everyone that was kind of the thing like he wanted everyone to hate him but but everyone that hated him was the team and everyone was like kind of close together so it's it's interesting like Chris said it's like that was, a, you're probably, I'm guessing, I'm not a coach, but you're trying to instill discipline to a team that needs it. Like, you're probably, like, hoping for, or waiting for an opportunity to do something like that, right? Or, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's not that you're looking for it. I was looking at what, what what's going on with this team. What What's right? Are we on the right track? Uh, guys, are they uh, responding? Uh, I'll give you a, another example. Uh, when, just before I was named to replace Bob Berry, Bob had a practice at, uh, I don't know, Chris, you if must, were done. You were chewed re- the ice up? You have to remember this. Oh, I remember it. <laughs> and uh, Bob. He, he made that practice with with no pucks. Uh, I don't think even the guys had sticks. And no he made pucks. them skate. And I remember uh, the one thing uh, really important. Trombley uh, was so exhausted that he was bleeding. I remember that. I was his, uh, Bob Berry's assistant at that time. And... Bob did that. Uh, you know, it was a normal thing to do in those days. You do that today. Next day, you're fired. But in those days, it was it was it was good. It it wakes up the players. The very few times you do it, it wakes up the players. But after 20 times, it does not wake up the player. It puts the player against you and the, their performance is, is getting worse. So I was, uh, I was talking about, you know, you can't punish a guy that works. When, when my, my first practice, I, I remember and, and, and Chris can elaborate on this. Starting at my first practice, I said, from now on, the guy that doesn't put the effort in the game will put the effort after uh, in practices. And Bob tried that, but he had no success because we had guys that didn't want to be separated on the team. This is a good story. The guys, they wanted to stick together. We play bad as a team, we skate together. That was their mentality. So mine was, you work well, you go home. You don't work well, you stay on the ice. So first practice, I kept 12, 13 guys. The other practice, I kept 10 and it was going down slowly like that. And Chris, I'll give you a good example. (laughs) Chris, at first he was skating because I wasn't satisfied. And then he, he started to play hard and I said, now this guy's playing. So he comes in practice and at the end, Chris was waiting. I said, Chris, you played really well. But I'd, I said, you know what? It would be good for you if you stay a little longer so you could do extra. <laughs> you remember that?
3: Yes, I do. <laughs> you know,
0: I the thing is, the guy, when I coach, I, I wanted the guys to understand where I want to go. I, I want them to understand what i want what i expect from the guy and i never expect something they can't do never try to get them better but accept the guys the way they are so it was it was good i i remember that and that is the reason why the guy started to uh, you know all work hard in games and I know if I get all these guys to work at their best we'll be better. We will be better.
2: Yeah, and you did it early. That's what the, you know as a player I can say like I've had coaches, you know, that were they like they let they didn't put lay the hammer down early enough and by the time they did it was kind of like, you know, we didn't we didn't respond. We didn't respect it almost, right? Yeah. So like That's Chris it. said, I mean, it, even though it sucked that he was in the situation, it was like a huge Moment uh they get a message across to the team, which I think
1: is amazing about that whole story. So it's awesome. So, jock all the uh, well, I want to get to your time in Jersey and how you got there. And my the story I heard was, well, you're in Montreal, okay, and uh Herb Brooks was coaching New Jersey and he had it out with Claude Lemieux and he didn't like Claude. He called Claude a cancer in the room, and anyway. He's getting fired. And apparently, Claude Lemieux goes to see Mr. McMullen and Lou, and they said, the guy you want is sitting in an office in Montreal, but you're going to have to pay him to get him to come down here and coach. Is that the
0: story? Well, I heard it from Lemieux. <laughs>
1: That's well, why I heard it.
0: Claude uh, <laughs> told me that after after i uh, I stopped coaching in uh, in Jersey, I met him somewhere and he told me that he said, "Do you know it's because of me you went to <laughs> and he yeah. told he told me that story but uh, you know again uh, i I didn't really want the coach and then um, um when Lou approached me, uh, I said, I'm going to talk to my wife just to tell her that, well, I got somebody's interested. And my kids were were there and they all, all at the same time. That's what you want to do. No, that's not <laughs> what I want to do. <laughs> he said, that's what you always want to do. And so uh, I got there, met with Lou. And I, I got to give you this uh, story. When uh, when uh, I went the first time, Lou said, come down here. Uh, he said, I want you to see the facilities that we have and all that. So I go on, look around in the, uh, the arena, and um, I said, I- I'd like to see the ice. He said, yeah, c- come on, this way. Start to walk, get there, and then I... I get there and the bench is right there. I went behind the bench and um, it, it, it's, it's hard to understand from the outside there but this is really uh, I'm talking about that and I, I still feel it. I go behind and I look around my body started to Inside, I had all kinds of stuff going inside. It it was like magic. It's funny. Uh, And um, I got out of there, and I told my wife, I said, I made an offer to Lou. I hope he's going to accept it because I want to go there. And two years after, we won the cup. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so, you know, you had all that going on in your body. How about when you signed the contract? How did that feel? Did the body feel the same way? (laughs) Huh? Uh, Right? Because, uh, honestly, as a player, think about it. As a player, Mm -hmm. you never got the good money times. I didn't. You know, when we say the good money times, what they are today. And then, and then... As a coach, even in Montreal, I mean, you did okay, nothing to sneeze at, but you weren't going to be able to retire the rest of your life. And then you go there yeah, and you, you get a, right. a very good offer. I mean, it must have been just a – you must have been like, man, what an opportunity. And then you came through for him. That's the, the – That's when he liked, he
2: knew he liked coaching better than playing <laughs> yeah. when he signed that contract. Well, right. I,
0: it was interesting. You know, you, there's a lot of worry. There's a lot of pressure. There's – Pressure, uh, You uh, you know, although you're the one that handles the pressure, but the organization can put pressure on you that they feel they have a better team than what what's on the ice. What you're showing. Hey, we yeah. drive these kids. They were great. Now they're not. And we don't win. Now you feel, as a coach, you feel that. Soon as you hear it. Uh, a little bit of it me I, I i to try to avoid that i i always try to sit with my general manager and see what he thinks of the team where the team's at where we're going so we're on the same page you know if we're on the same yeah. page it's going to work a lot better than if i think i think that hey we have a great team we should be in the playoffs or fighting for the cup and then you don't make the playoffs or finish last then you know there's something that that will break at a time but that's yeah that's speaking hockey. of coaching
2: then you guys co- you guys coached together didn't you
0: yeah yes, one, one but it was in only Jersey. one year
2: just a one-year, one-year in and out, like a Mike Keenan in the Rangers. Just one it, what happened? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no. Well, first, I'll, I'll have Jock tell he, you. Was, no, I'll have Jacques I, I, tell you what happened. As, as a uh, as a, um, a coach, I always try to uh, get someone that will compliment compliment me, and um, you know, part of uh, a good part of the uh, success is uh, the guy I work with. They've done as much as I did in a way because when you do have support, uh, it's a lot easier uh, to work. I started with Larry. And I picked Larry. Larry Robinson. Robinson. Uh, And why I picked Larry? Well, I knew that there was a strong head in Jersey. Well, Larry's in the uh, Hall of Fame. I played 12 years uh, at least they're going to listen to us and that's when I when I got in the room uh, I could see the guys who were listening they wanted to know what we what we had to say and then with what we were telling them we start to grow and after uh, Chris came in Larry uh, I think we spent uh, four years and uh, And then I had Chris, and uh, Chris was another compliment for me. He was the guy that, uh, well, first of all, if I tell Chris, you do extra with these guys, I know it's going to be done, because he's he's the guy that will make it done. He's going to talk to the guys, it's good for them, and, and so on. So... He was a good compliment for me. Tim, I was only
1: with Jock one year. I came the year after the Stanley Cup. Here's my perception of what happened to me, okay? And one, um, I, I did support Jock in a lot of ways, and he was good with me. I, I was not a real good assistant coach when it comes to being a guy that's that buffer between the head coach and the players. Because I'm, I'm more, my personality is more head coach, okay? And I had a couple guys there that really didn't like me that I
0: played well, against. And I won't, let uh, me cut I don't you. have
1: to mention their names. Let me cut you off
0: just a second. It's okay. really hard to coach players that you played with, okay? Yep. And then you go on to coach them. It's hard. It's even tougher if you fight them. yeah yeah for sure if you fight them every game and then you have to coach them it's tougher and that you know we did understand it
1: yeah yeah and some guys uh certainly made it difficult but no excuses i i didn't get the job done i moved on i went and became a head coach in the east coast league and and honestly that's where i belonged to find my own way but I, I'm always indebted for that, uh, certainly that opportunity. Um, Chuck, you took a lot of heat. And, and I say that a lot of heat for your coaching style and what you did. First of all, the trap. Everybody, oh, the dreaded trap. The trap. I loved the friggin' trap. I loved playing it. Um, I, I thought it was such a an awesome way to get a group of guys to play as a team and care about the defensive end. And if you were... The least bit intelligent, you could understand that you could really create a lot of good offense off of that in the transition game. And you had a lot of success at that uh, with your teams. There's no question. Um, did did that ever bother you? And I, I know probably not. The answer is probably no. But did it ever bother you to hear people, oh, my God, the trap, this, that? And they still use it today. They still use it today.
0: If it bothers me, no, it doesn't bother me. I just say to myself, they just don't know the game. That's it. (laughs) Poor people, they don't know the game. I love it. There are four at the blue line today, and the other guys at the red line, they were saying we play. uh, It was uh, against hockey, uh, the way we played. And, and now, a lot of times in the game, they're one at the red, four at the uh, blue, at their blue line. At least we were a little higher. <laughs> yeah. But <hey>. uh, <laughs> the thing is, in one, one, one thing that people's got to understand a coach is hired not to be popular. A go a guy go- a coach is hired to win games, to get their his player, all his players to play better, to improve. That's why he's hired. How he does it? I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just win. <laughs> Cause if you don't, you'll lose your job. And nobody no. will like you. But if you do, Mm -hmm. you're going to have people that's going to like you. And that's how it works. You can do, you you have coaches in the past that things that they were doing, they would probably be in prison today if they do that. (laughs) But you know what? They'd be canceled. They were good coaches because they won but don't don't try to do that today
2: yeah your co- your coffee story today chris you would yeah jack would have been ahead. in jail for that i, I know really
1: <laughs> um when i guess I, I look at all those stanley cups you win eight stanley cups right uh as a player is is any one of them uh, and as a coach winning the cup too is any one of them more important than the other which was like probably for you the mm. As a player? you got to have one. As a player? Yeah, as a player. As a player. Yeah. A player. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, and then as a coach, I want to know the importance. I'll go with the coach
0: right now. All right, go with the coach. This one is the one I wear all the time. Jersey, 95. Yeah. The, uh, why? Because all the emotions that I had and what what the guys in front of me there, what they gave me, the players, what they gave me, I I still have that inside of me and I I think I'll have it forever. That's why I wear this one. As a player, the one that we beat Philly, I think 76. When we beat them in four, I think it's 76. That, yeah,
1: that's when they. Isn't that when the preseason, the, the, the season fights. before they, they fought? Yeah, you went in and yes, took their ass in preseason, and yeah, then you won it. the cup that year. Yeah, yeah,
0: you swept them. Yeah, uh, that's you know awesome. you're young when I when I in sixty seven when I start 68 you know you're a young kid twenty years old. You win the cup. You're you're part of it. You know, in a way. Yeah, yeah. It feels great. Next year, uh, or uh, what, we won 69 2. Next year, you win it, and then you, you go on. And the one that were maybe the least, except the last one, because I was leaving, yeah. I wanted that cup. Yeah. I said, I start with one, I want to finish with, with one, too. That would be great. So that one, I really wanted, uh, it, it meant a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, all of them, they have something. But I got to go back to 76. I remember Serge Savard, he, uh, before the, the uh, playoffs against Philly, he, he told us, he said, hey, guys, if you want to do something for hockey, this is the time. Hockey cannot keep going the way that, uh, you know, the, the flyers, balls. the brawls yeah. and all that. He said, we beat them, we'll change the game uh, as it goes on. And he was right. He was right. And uh, Yeah, it,
1: it took some time. It, it was, it it happened.
0: Chris, it was so, uh, listen, we go there and... We start against Philly. The, the everyone was so confident we'll beat Montreal in four. We hadn't won against them for I don't know two years. Uh, we'll get them in four, and we beat them in four. Imagine the shock. Oh, and the Good glory. Feeling. Yeah, I'm just
2: thinking about like I I I have a hard time choosing like what shirt I'm gonna wear in the morning. Jocks here, like I'm gonna wear this Stanley Cup ring today.
0: (laughs) It's amazing. It's we get so much, so great memories. It's what what a life.
1: (laughs) I know you've had a good one when you look at family, everything, hockey. Now, here's a guy. That I think a lot of people look at, and I look at this relationship with you and Lou. You have a special relationship with this guy. Not many people get close to Lou Lamorello. I think we could agree on that. Yep, he's he's pretty intimidating, pretty hard guy. But God, you have such a great relationship, you two. Why does that work like it does? I mean, you're still with him today. You went from Jersey. To Toronto, he had you as a special advisor. Now you're with the Islanders, special advisor with him. Why does that work so good? Chris? Chris, Other than Lou being a smart man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Chris, I really believe is um, we think alike. Myself, I have a a lot of confidence in him, uh, what he... Uh, When I was coaching, I see him every practice, every day, sometimes, twice a day, and talk to him about all my problems, and I knew that if I had a major problem, he would help me to solve it, or he would give me a road which I can take to solve it, and... I always believed that it was the right way to do it. I have to say, all the guys, the GM that I had, I started. I was really fortunate, Serge. You know what type of uh, guy yeah. Serge is. Yep. I started with this guy, and then I go with uh, with Lou and yep. Risebra that I played with. That yep. he knew he knew what I wanted. And we had good success there. Very good success. Yeah, no question. And no question. And Doug, Doug really helped me in let me know where we we're at with the team. You know, he was not the guy that said, "Hey, uh, we got to win the cup." No, no. We know there's a, a few guys missing, but we can do the. We can achieve this this year we can achieve this and you know we had goals and and uh, when you do have goals and and there are, there there are goals that you can achieve you always surpass them always i thank these guys there and all the assistant and everyone that worked for me and that's that's what makes Coaches better.
1: Yeah, well, you, you know, you certainly have a way because you have an impact on a lot of players. You've had such an in, incredible impact on me as a person, as a player in this game of hockey. And the people I talk to when I talked to people, the best coach I ever had, best coach I ever had, right here, B- Bill Guerin, all right, with all due respect to any coach that I ever had, Jacques Lemaire was the best coach I ever had. Um, and and he he went on, he said Jacques probably benched me more than any other coach I ever had. I think he (laughs) liked me, but maybe maybe he said I wasn't playing that well that night or did something stupid. So he, he goes back just like I did. He said Jacques, he always did what he felt was right to win that game. He wasn't trying to make friends. He wasn't trying to make anybody happy. He was just trying to win every night. And what more can you ask from a coach? And and it's funny. When I coached with you, and I saw it as a player when I played under you, you could not only tell center icemen how to do their job and where to be, or wingers, but even defensemen. Like, you were so good at coaching defensemen, too. And, you know, teams have defensive coaches. I get it. They have defensemen coaches. But you knew how to tell a player, where to be, how to react in certain situations, and to me that was impressive. Impressive because a lot of coaches tend to defer to other people in those situations. Now the goalie, we know goalies are messed up. Uh, we don't deal with I goalies, right? I don't <laughs> touch the goalies. Stop the puck. <laughs> That's it. Stop the puck.
0: No, no I got. Uh, I got no. Uh, Ability for the goalies (laughs) as a coach. No, talking about Bill. Bill, uh, as a a coach, I love Bill. I was tough on Bill, but I I love this guy. This guy, you you know, to have a good team, you need all kinds of players. And this guy was special. Always have something to say at the right time. He was, he was funny. Funny. He made me cry how funny he is. and uh, he is. He is, uh, Billy. Yeah. And he's right. I benched this guy maybe more than he should. But I believed in this guy so much. You know, I looked at him, how he plays. This guy can become this. And I was pushing and pushing. And you know what, if he couldn't take it, I wouldn't do it, but I knew he could take it, because Billy's tough, and uh, I knew he could take it, so he, you know, he, he had good, good years, and uh, I rely on this guy a lot as a coach.
2: Who is, who is, like, your, I don't want to say best player that you coach, but, like, who is, like, the easiest to coach, you know what I mean, like, you know, I look at it like obviously I've never been a coach, but like Scott Niedermeyer, for example, like he just made the game look easy the way he skated. I mean, was he was he easy to coach? I don't want to just point him out, but I mean, do you have anyone? <laughs> yeah, you're pointing. Him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say names, Scott Niedermeyer, But anyways, uh, <laughs> how about no, Scott you
0: know Stevens? Uh, yeah. No, uh, I'll I'll go with the two. Um, let's go with, with Scott uh, Stevens first. It's uh, it's so uh, it's a lot easier. Uh, Scott Steven, he's, to me, the type that won't talk is, uh, is pressure level. Yeah. It's got to be high when, when he gets pissed and will talk when things are going bad. And now he feels that he's got to talk and wake up a few guys. He's got to be that type of guy, aggressive and all that. But this guy was a leader. On the ice, like, you know, I uh, rarely seen. He was playing in the practices as hard as oh, yeah. in the in the games. <laughs> and uh, Scott Niedermeyer, uh, Scott Niedermeyer, I used to make, uh, and, and Chris, maybe you can uh, uh, remember this. I used to go in the uh, uh, dressing room for... Uh, Meetings. And I remember many times I say, "Uh, Scott, this is not for you. This is for all the other defensemen. You guys pinch only when you're 100% sure to get the puck. Not halfway, you don't go, you stay back. Scott, that is not for you. You do whatever you want. So it was easy to coach him. I just let him go. Yeah. But again, because he could get back,
1: that guy. He
0: had the again, legs to get back. He got caught. Sure, with the speed he yeah. had. Come on. It's like he could get caught twice and come back. Yeah.
1: <laughs> let me ask you, uh, Derek Bugard in in Minnesota. Now I know you always treated the tough guys with respect and you work with them and you got them to the point where they could play, not just fight, which to me is, I love that. I love the fact you do that. And I know it's, there was situations where you had tough guys that maybe couldn't, you know, you couldn't put them out every shift, but you get them in games. How was Bougard? Um, and, and did he have that willingness to learn and, and become a player, a better player?
0: He wanted He's to. He a big, scary guy, right? Oh. Uh, Bull uh he's uh, – he, this guy, you know, he, he was there. He thought, I'm just going to fight. There's no puck in this game.
1: Yeah. That's how yeah, we yeah. started.
0: You know, he, he went on the other side, go on the faceoff, talk to the guy, drop the gloves, come back to the bench. Yeah. yeah. You know, he, he thought it was like that, and, and me – I said, I if you don't learn a bit, you c- won't play. I can't put you on. I want to put you on.
1: So, yeah, uh, that's that, that's the awesome thing about you. Like you did what, it. What with do you me. think about iPads on the bench?
2: Because
0: oh, Chris hates
1: them.
2: Chris hates them. What do you iPads, think about iPads?
1: <laughs> I hate them.
0: <laughs> Listen, uh, we're uh, two thousand twenty-two. I don't care. Going on twenty-three. <laughs> hey they want iPads when I went on the ice I knew uh, what I did (laughs) I know you today uh, you could look at if there's anything different I should have done you're looking for that type of thing I don't know if it's a distraction I can't say because I'm not coaching you get a guy beside you. You're following the game. The guy's on the iPad. I, I just don't know. It's different, yeah. which I, I accept. But hey, I'm open. But uh, yeah. the guys, it's got to be good because everyone does it. Chris, yeah, if, I if it wouldn't be good, <laughs> if, if it would disturb the player or, uh, yeah, the guy's not in the game because he's on the iPad. Then it would be a problem. But it seems that every coach accepts it. So yeah. let's be it.
1: Yeah. You know, I get it. I, I look like, listen, guys, come back. I remember coming off a shift. I'm dead tired. I want to get ready for the next shift. I know if I made a mistake, whatever. I always look, I, if I was coach, I'd take that thing and throw it in the stands. <laughs> I, I, I give it to the kids in the stands. Here you go, one iPad. Because, listen, if a player needs to know something, he can come to the coach between period and look on the goddamn tape and, okay, explain it to me. Get back to the bench. Get ready for the next shift. Anyway, that's me. I'm old school. You're old school in a way. But uh, I think you've you've come over to the other
0: side. I can't believe that, yeah. Coach. There's a, a lot of stuff that <laughs> now uh, that it's is different, so different and – probably I wouldn't be able to coach because of that. Wow. And, wow. It, uh, that, you know, that's how I feel. But, yeah. you know, it's I, I stopped coaching, what, 20 years ago.
2: <laughs> wow. Huh?
0: <laughs> you know, That Crazy. is a bold, that's a, wow, that's a. You know, I, sport, I don't I know think, what, yeah. all what, you know, the, uh, it, Everything changed, and you got to accept it. And I, I, I'm looking at now. They have on the calendar. Listen, I'll give you an example, and you guys make the only uh, your own decision on it. In my room, uh, in my the coaching room, I had a calendar. Okay, there was practice games practice games, practice games, practice games. And if one day they get a day off, it would be changed by me. Not a week in advance, a day in advance. Tell them that there. That's how we did it 40 years ago. 30 years ago. Okay? Now they have their calendar. Game, game, day off. Day off, game, day off, practice, practice, day off, game, day off. It's written like this. So the guy knows no no matter, but they're professional. Uh, they're older, they're smarter than we, we were. They know when they're going to get a day off. Play good, don't play good. You're going to get a day off. No that and yeah. oh yeah. Now tell me tell me which one you would like if you would coach. That's all. That's all what I'm saying. But uh, I know the player association and all that, they have their rules, they have their laws, and they went with this, it was accepted, and people deal with it. It's new generation which is, is fine. That's why I'm saying it, it would be tough for me because when they had a day off, you remember how many days off you had, Chris? Not, what? not really. <laughs> no, you don't because we practice. No. We yeah. practice, and when they had the day off, It's because they they really played well and they they brought a lot to the organization. Hey, that was two great games in the weekend. You guys deserve it. You You earned it, it.
2: yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like, I remember just like coaches, you know, Keenan would do it sometimes where we'd have a day off, but he would try to take it away from us. He would threaten that day off. And then, you know, we would all be like, and we would be, you know, that...
0: I, I agreed with it. I liked well, it. That's just that there, you know, the, I, I, lot, many times in Jersey, we had a couple of games in the weekend. On the second game, I say, hey, if I see that the game was tight in the second, I used to tell the trainer, just tell one guy that if the – the, the coach is thinking about giving a day off tomorrow if we win. I could Just see the difference. Guy, I could see yeah. the difference in the third oh, yeah. period. Because the guys, they won it. Yep. But, yep. you know, I, it was, oh, that's funny. It, it, you know, it's in a way, it's tougher for the coaches. You know, the, they don't have a lot of tools to work with. You know, you, the, the players today, they want ice time. They want ice time. They, they got to yeah. have their ice time because it's not only goals that's going to get you the money. Ice time will when they negotiate.
1: Coach, in your system, okay, I, I got a couple more questions if you still have the time. I got a few more things I want to ask. You've been so generous with your time, but um, I um, – God I could listen all day because there's so so many things <laughs> that keep coming up but as a coach doing you know when you teach the trap and and here's my my view on it it young guys it's very difficult for because it's hard to get them to be patient they don't feel like they're doing a lot if they're playing within that system young guys they have a hard time with it um guys you know, your average player likes it. The really superstar players or the the better players, goal scorers, if you will, um, I think they feel as if they have to play within that system that it doesn't benefit them on a personal basis. I think those are the two big things a coach has to deal with when he's try, trying to teach that system or I- implement that system. Mm-hmm. Did you find those are the two most... Difficult things? Oh, yeah. When it Def- comes to, to Definitely. the trap.
0: Those two. Definitely. You, you know, I, how I, did you deal with them? Well, it's, uh, you know, you, you have to get that top guy to produce and make him understand that he's going to get as many chances or even more. And I, I'm not talking about today, though. I'm not yeah. talking about today. Today uh, they have their own system. Uh, it's puck pressure, and when you do have the puck, you you, you gotta eat it. And uh, but in our days, um, you know, it. it was, I take Gabrick as an example. He's it's a great uh, example. Yeah. Not a guy that good defensively. Everyone knows. Um, but a scorer and a kid's got great speed and all that so I was thinking about his ice time he needs this guy I can't spot this guy this guy can score. so what I did at a time is I put him on the wing with a checking line and tell him that he's going to check that line. He thinks he's checking that line, but he's—he <laughs> was getting so many chances. It's—it's it's right. unreal, because uh, he had a tough time, and uh, you know he couldn't—he couldn't score, and things were not going well for him. So he, he asked me, "What? I, I, you're gonna go on and check the top line? Check. Okay. Oh yeah. You're gonna check <laughs> and." He loved it. He loved it because the other guy were doing the defensive part and he could, I said, always be the first man on the puck. Always. Never mind the other guy. Don't wait for them. Go and be first man on the puck. And he could get, I think, free in his mind that he's on the offense all the time. I don't know. But that's what I, I predict that he would be fine you know meant uh, when he thinks about his game I'm I could score I get a chance I'm the first guy up all the time feels good. I got guys coming back. So he he um, he did really well there. How about
1: how about when you coached in Montreal just after retiring and had to coach? Another Hall of Fame player, a guy who played on your line, a guy who everybody here in Quebec certainly loves and reveres in Guy Lafleur. Yeah. How difficult was that? How difficult? I remember, here's a story I remember. This is, listen to this, tape. Guy Lafleur and Jacques played for years together. They won Stanley Cups together on the same line. Jacques fed them the puck all the time. Flowers, a great scorer. Uh, He never passed the puck. He always shoot the puck, and he scored. And Jacques comes in as coach, and he's implementing this system, and Guy's just not a systems guy. No, he's not. Not at all, first of all. And then we go through the game, and I remember this one game, and Guy used to there'd be like maybe a minute and a half left in the game, and he'd come off thinking, oh, I'm not going to get another shift, right? So he would take the tape off his socks, okay? And Jacques would see it, and he would say, Flower, you're up. Oh, If you could see a look like he wanted to kill him, oh, my God. I'm like, oh, my God, he's doing it. He's making him go back out. But Gee, that, that had to be so hard for you to, to, to deal with that, huh? I don't well, envy I'm your ma- position. I
0: mentioned it at the start. The, the toughest is... Uh... yeah is coaching a player that you played with. Um, But when I, you know, I I did a few. And, you know, how come it worked with Larry and Bob Ganey that after I, I said I quit coaching, they came to me and they told me, I thank you for what you did. You gave me the the uh, pride to play hockey again. Yeah,
1: because they were a little older, right? Yeah. They were
0: older. Yeah. They were older, and it wasn't fun for them, all what was going on. Oh, You know, and, after yeah, winning yeah. cups, you're getting older. And then... Uh, you know, you play and you start to hate the game. Yeah. And then, you know, he comes in and say, I love the game again. That That is something. And for others, it's not working. But myself, uh, when I coach, I don't look at the individual. I can't say I don't look at the individual, but I have to say that in uh, overall, overall, I'm, I'm not looking, oh, I'm coaching this guy. I got to do something different. You know, it's what's good to win games. What I have to do to win games. And when there's a problem, I'm looking at the individual.
1: Okay. Got and
0: then if it's a good player, you know that rope. I don't have one here, but you give him rope. <laughs> you give him a rope. You know, that's what that's what I do when it's a great player. You get a guy like Larry, he's having a tough time. You're going to give him rope. You have to because he, he's done something and, you know, he doesn't deserve to. To go uh you know That's be awesome. pound um pound on. Yeah. So so I get the short short rope, right? Like I get the short rope. You like, get a little shorter.
2: <laughs> you had the rope, Chris. That's okay. <laughs> you played with it. Yeah,
1: yeah.
3: Pittsburgh fan here. I just have a couple questions. Okay, the fan. Oh. Fans speaking in. Barry. Coach, if you had to come back again and you only had a choice to be a player or a coach, you were only allowed to be one of those. Which would you have chosen? Which would you choose?
2: Well, he's wearing the coach's
3: Probably, uh, cup rings.
0: So. I said that it'd be tough for me to coach today with all the uh, new rules—not uh, the rules, but uh, the way it's going. I have to uh, pick the uh, player. Be a player, cause yeah, clink. <laughs>
2: there you go. That means money, Barry. <laughs> ching
3: ching, ching. Yeah, I got two more questions. You can't cut me off because they can't cut me off because I'm running this thing. Well, good. He, own, he
2: owns us. Okay. Two, two, two
3: more two more quick questions because I ask everybody this to these two questions that um, you've been you've seen it all you've seen everything you've seen the great players. If you had to choose – I don't know if you want to do this. If you had to choose your five guys on the line and a goalie, you had to go with your – you got to come down and just choose them. And you had the first five picks plus a goalie. Who would you pick on your
0: – My team?
3: Who, all
0: you the, can pick anybody. You all, the ones, ducks.
3: all the ones that I know? Well,
1: Anybody. Anybody. Anybody.
3: mean. Holy look cow. At them.
1: Anybody. Goalie. Oh. Out. Two defensemen and the forwards. We've been trying. We've been trying to take
2: this question out of the podcast, but yeah. our owner. You, know, but I mean- you there, can't yeah.
0: put Chris on there. I. You, you could get uh, ten teams, and all ten. No, would but be- you can
1: only pick one. Coach, come on. I, I you can do it. Okay. Goalie.
0: I'll, I'll try. Goalie.
1: Go right ahead. My first.
0: My first pick. <laughs> my first pick as a as a uh, defenseman uh, not a defenseman at <laughs> goalie will go to i got to go brother and roi you need okay. two
1: you can have those two you have, yeah you need two you got yeah. it okay. i got i got good. my two good okay
0: uh, defenseman now, defenseman i know there's a lot of good defensemen
1: god you have so many good to pick from but there's one you could just never leave out. He was my hero. He's saying
0: Bobby Orr. Oh, Bobby Orr. See, I was everywhere except in Boston. Maybe because I don't like Boston. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta put Orr. You gotta put Orr there. And now we're playing a game uh, a game with these guys. We're gonna play hockey with this guy. Not only <laughs> what the guy's done. Because there's a lot of guys that done a lot, okay, that if I go and play hockey, I want to change. I want to put another guy. And I'm going to go four from Boston and four from Jersey.
1: Whoa. Oh, that is huge. You need
3: toughness back there. I need toughness. Who, who's the four on jersey? Help me out here. Scotty Stevens? Stevens? Holy Stevens. shit, Barry. Okay. Hey, that's,
1: a, that's a long shot
0: there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and
0: now and people, Org- people they'll say, why I was so bad coaching. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Center <Santa> Iceman.
0: Center <laughs> Iceman. Center Iceman. The level was great, Richard. Uh, I, uh, Gretz. I gotta go, Gretz. Come on. Okay. Hey, if I got, if I got Orr on defense, and uh, Stevens, Gretzky at center. Okay. You think you could get? You think you get Gretzky to play the trap? Uh, there won't be any <laughs> trap there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I need, I need a winger here. A very solid winger that holy uh, cow. Gretzky. This is good. I'm yeah, loving it. Gretzky. This. I I would LaFleur would be good. Uh because he's a scorer. Um holy shit. No, I was thinking of LaFleur on the still right. Thinking- Yeah, but I need I need a uh, uh, if I put flour there, I need muscle. Yeah, you you know where I'm going with my game.
1: (laughs) The Islanders. There's a guy on the Islanders that could help those two. Back in the day, from the four in a row. Yeah, I'm I'm not giving any names, but
0: nine. Uh, Yeah, more more skills. This guy was good, but I'm looking for more Holmstrom, maybe.
2: Probably should have asked this in the beginning of the podcast.
0: Yeah, should have asked me that <laughs> yesterday. I would, yeah. I would have come up. Anyway, I need, uh, I'll explain what I need, okay? You guys find it. I need, right. a, I need a guy on the left or right side, okay? A guy on the left or right side that will bring muscle has a a good bogaberry uh, um, yeah good structure um, yeah and you know he's a player too so the, the, the they're not a ton like that but there they were huh. there were uh, some players I that didn't score few.
1: Gillies Neely um Power forwards um,
0: faster than the named Kevin today?
1: Stevens, but no, he's not tough enough. Um, and the other yeah, guy, a tough player one. today, and, like an Ovechkin or
0: something. Oh, no. yeah. if I can use Ov, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, put there. You go. I put Ov there. That's for sure. There you go. That's a hell of a line. That's a hell of a line. And then, and then on this side now, I need a sp- speedster. That's gonna complement these two. So a guy that will go in the corners and uh, you know that will bang and and then well, I'm ready. Your- and then I'm ready for any type of game. <laughs> that, that, what that type of awesome. game you want to play?
1: Me, I I want to play playoff hockey. That's what I want to play. I, I got that. <laughs> Uh, there's no I want to. I
2: want to play like preseason, so it's a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> me.
1: Preseason was worse than anything. It was terrible. It was. The worst. Oh, it was the
3: worst. That was well, the worst. One, I'm allowed one more question. Yes. Go oh, okay. on, Barry. Go ahead. Thank Barry. you. You've won Stanley Cups, Coach. You've won the. I think the fourth most Stanley Cups of anybody. I believe. I think I looked it up. You've won nine Stanley Cups, right? I always wondered if somebody won a Stanley Cup, you won so many Stanley Cups, was it more rewarding as a coach or a player?
0: As a coach. Why is that? Oh, the emotion I, I mentioned, the emotions that, that I had. Uh, you know, you get a team that uh, never went far in the playoffs. Um, a lot of time they miss it. And then you go there and in two years you you get a bunch of guys to play together and, you know, guys that really want to be, to um, do something and be better. And uh, all of this is in front of you every day, games, practice, and you see that players that... Cries, players that they're so happy um, when we won. It's it's a a memory that uh, you, you just can't lose. You're gonna keep forever. That's yeah. awesome. I had I had a guy at, la- at last. I was <laughs> Chris will mm-hmm. will laugh with this one. I had a guy on my team that the last few minutes, I wasn't playing because of uh, the lack of ability that he had. But I wanted to put him in the lineup because uh, he was important to, in some aspect. So I remember it was seven minutes before the end for the cup. And I'm looking at seven minutes, uh, and I was telling myself, "Oh, he's been good tonight. I'll give him another shift. So he goes on. And then I look at the clock. His turn comes back five minutes. And I didn't want to change the game with a decision that I'm going to make. But, you know, the, the guy was, you know, he, he impressed me so much the way he react to everything and his dedication and all that. I, five minutes, I get, I'm i going to give him another shot. I want him to be part till the end. So he gets another shot and then there's three minutes and his turn comes. I put my hand on his shoulder and he said coach don't put me in <laughs> I don't want to screw this up
1: Ooh. Ooh.
0: that was something so you didn't put him in I didn't put him in but in a way I was I was happy that he said that but because yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't put him in, because I was thinking about the team, that we need to win, we have to win. But I I tried all the way, as much as I could, to play him. But
1: I remember one night I scored two goals in Quebec City. After my second goal, the coach comes up, he leans over my shoulder and says, don't forget where you come from. (laughs) That's all he said to me. Don't forget where you come from. And I'm like, yes. I was beaming inside because, yeah, this guy. I mean, 21 goals I had. Like, come <laughs> we, on. Know. Hey. we know, we know. This podcast knows. <laughs> we first. <Hey>. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this is the guy right here. Yeah, I scored the no, goals. I get amazing. it. But this yeah. is the guy that, like, he 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 took the training wheels off. You know, like.
0: You know yeah, what I guess, no, he did honestly, jock he
2: Chris did say he did and I'm not just he said hands down the best coach he's ever had it's yeah bad. without yeah. us I appreciate
0: that but and there's a lot you of know I, on his uh, on on his side when I took him I knew nobody talked to him about playing how to play the game I knew that right away because well, when I was telling him certain things he was doing it you just had the
2: healthy scratch the first to the, get him going. Defense. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: <laughs> and get my attention. And yeah. when I get I got the guys to skate like a, like I did there, I felt at a time that he was on my side, and I was telling him to, and and I'll tell you when you you know that that there's a guy on your side, that he's gonna go to war this guy after practices I I was naming the players who's gonna skate because I wasn't satisfied and this guy knew if he played you know there's certain guys doesn't know if they play well or they don't play well this guy knew if he plays well or he didn't play well and playing well for him is getting involved hitting be uh, being good with the puck Uh, go in front of the net, you know, do all the crap that tough guys do.
2: That I don't want to do.
0: That you don't (laughs) want and me neither. (laughs) So he was, at a time, he was not even coming, coming to me and the group. He was going on the line to do more that is a player that knows he wants to get better even if he played good he went on the line to do extra so i knew that this guy now i got him this guy he's going to get he's going to improve his game definitely because oh, he started to do it on his own that's what i'm 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 trying to say there mm. he did it on his own it's not only me that did it he knew what was good for him and he did it
2: uh, well believe me chris I has been waiting. now we can end the podcast because that's all chris <laughs> was waiting for, it, for you. yeah yeah the end <laughs> you could have said no. that two hours ago jack no
1: <laughs> no it's awesome it's amazing he uh certainly a great uh working relationship i was pissed when you left though you know you stuck me with jean perron you bastard <laughs> You know, you could have
0: stayed a couple
1: more years,
0: Chris. (laughs) Oh, we want a cup, Chris. You want a cup. That's what I'm. That's what I I said prior. I know. I said it doesn't matter how you're going to do it. Your team wins. You're good. Yeah, I'll always have that for the players. You, we can criticize as much as we want as a player. We can criticize. But if the team wins at the end of the line, yeah. it's a little bit, uh, you know, about uh, Scotty.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Hey, the guy made us, you know, we won cups with this guy. Yeah. But we criticize him for 12 years. Yeah. Not 12 because he didn't coach uh, me 12 years, but that,
1: that's what it is. You know the worst. I told the guys with the Tim the worst part about playing in Montreal for me. Now, I'll be walking down the street and someone says hi and we talk a little bit and they say, "How many cups you got?" I go, "One." They go, "One? That's all?" <laughs> I'm like, "Fuck you! <laughs> one, yeah, okay. Yeah. You got nine. surgeries. underachieved. Got 10. You underachieved. Yeah, I'm an underachiever. <laughs> they all got like ten, nine, six Stanley Cups and I got one." You kidding me? I'm so happy I got one, believe me. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah the, listen coach, Coach, you've been more than generous with your time and I, I just I could honestly, I could go on all afternoon, but um, yeah, I, I love that you took the time to do this. Um, again, my all-time favorite coach and one of my favorite people in the world. So I, I appreciate your time so much. You're awesome and uh, all the best to you and your family. And let's play golf when you get up there in in the summer. Yeah, it'd be fun. Love to get out for a round.